This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, I'm the President of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Wherever you're watching, throughout the United States or around the world, welcome. You might be listening to us on radio or shortwave radio or on social media. We're in a college classroom, our chapel here at World Ministries International, and this is a live audience. Now, my guest for this session is apostolic leader Dennis Moore. Uh, He's been with me for over a week. We've done programs together, but we've also traveled different parts of the world together, including Washington, D.C. and Kenya. Uh, Dennis, welcome back to the Warning Television Program. Thank you, Dr. Hansen. So appreciate it. Well, good morning to everyone. It's an honor to be here today. Thank you for this opportunity. The, um, The challenge sometimes is that when you want to share the Word of God with a group like we have today, you have to really know that you have your act together. <laughs> because we have some scholars in the, in the room today. We have some men and women that walked with God for a long time. And there's many that are watching the program today, and you've walked with God for a long time, and we honor you for that. And we respect you, and we, we certainly appreciate these uh, golden opportunities to share with people like you today. Let's look at the book of Jeremiah and chapter 1. It says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I'd like to share a couple of stories with you. There was a time when I was in prayer in the nation of Kenya, Africa. And during this time of prayer, I had open-eyed vision. And I saw Africa in its perfect state. I saw Africa before the fall or after the recreation. I don't know which one. But it was perfect. The animals were perfect. The trees, everything was perfect. It was beautiful. And then I heard a voice. And that voice said, because you've loved Africa, I have put Africa in your front yard. 
And then like a camera turning, it, it turned and it began to focus on a hillside, a mountainside. Now, I've always admired the house that Frank Lloyd Wright built around the waterfall. And this house was being in the process of being built. And it had the framing of the house, but much of it was not complete. But in the middle of the house was this beautiful waterfall coming down. Unlike any waterfall I'd ever seen or imagined. It was multicolored. It was colors that I had never seen before. Colors that can't be described. And I was in, I marveled at this beautiful structure being built and this waterfall coming down. And the Lord spoke and he said, he said, I have put the waterfall in the middle of your house to reveal the glory that you walked in in the earth. Then one day, we were doing some ordinations. A woman came up that I have a lot of respect for, wonderful woman of God. I went to lay hands on her, and immediately as I laid my hands on this woman of God, I was taken in the Spirit into her home in heaven. I began to describe to her what I was seeing. You know, everything in heaven is alive. Everything in heaven is moving. Everything in heaven is active. Everything in heaven is breathing glory and life. And I began to describe some of the paintings that were on the wall. Everything in her room was describing who she was and what she had done for God. You know, what's interesting is when you get to heaven, you're going to walk into your mansion and you're going to be blown away by everything you see, but there'll be nothing in heaven that will talk about your sin or your failures. Let me say amen. amen. There'll be nothing on your wall that will say, well, on this certain day, you got angry. Or in this certain day, you did this, you did that. Everything in your mansion is going to reveal what God did in your life and what you did for Him. It's going to reveal the glory of God. And people are going to come into your home and they're going to walk up to the paintings on your wall and the paintings are going to become alive and there's going to be a visual story about what happened in that moment in your life. And you're going to, and they're going to stand there and they're going to give praises to God. So your home is going to be a museum, and I mean an active museum, a living museum of the glory of God, the power of God, the wonder of God that's been working in your life. Everything in heaven brings glory to God. Let me say amen. So you're going to be in your mansion. As I was in this environment, I was describing to this woman uh, all these amazing paintings I was looking at, uh, even when she was dancing before the Lord, there's paintings to reveal the dance. Even when she uh, was moving in the promises of God, there were uh, things that were revealing what she had walked in and what she had done and what she declared. I was in this environment for about 30 minutes, and then I opened my eyes, and she was on the ground weeping, just weeping at the goodness of God, the revelation of the Father's heart. The revelation of his love. The revelation of his goodness. One time, I was in Nairobi, Kenya. 
Somebody put me in the car. Didn't tell me where I was going. Dropped me off at a, at a large church and said, you're preaching this morning. I walked inside. I met, a, I met an international apostle uh, leading the church. After my teaching, so many people wanted prayer. And he just kept coming and coming and coming. He had his whole team standing around me. There was about 10 to 15 people all around me watching and, and listening to everything I was saying. And so as people would come up, the Holy Spirit would show me where they were walking, at what level they were walking, how much they had fulfilled of God's purpose for them. And I would see that they were at a certain position in their walk with God, but then he would show me, this is where I want them to be. I want them to be up here. And some were being called to be business people, some were being called to be professors, some were being called to be uh, pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, all different types of, of callings on their lives. But every single person was operating lower than what God had for them. And so I called up a friend of mine who was on the board of Heidi Baker, who was, who was a missionary, raised as a missionary's son, and then later became a missionary in Africa. I called him up and I said, Brother, tell me, why am I seeing all these African people operating here, but God wants them up here? Now, I did have an opportunity to go to the uh, apostle's office. All of these people that were around me went with me. And the apostle said to me, he said, you don't know any of our people. You've never been here before. But he said, we need to tell you something. He said, you prophesied into all these people's lives, but you never missed it once. We know them intimately. And so I knew that there was something that the Lord wanted to show me. So I called up my friend and I said, tell me, Don, why are these people operating on this low level when God wants them on a high level? And he said two words to me. He said, orphan spirit. And I thought, you know, that that makes sense. And since the time of the fall, one of the most powerful, damaging, destructive, horrible spirits that's ever been released has been the orphan spirit. Because the orphan spirit comes as your own identity. It comes at who you sense yourself to be. It comes at your whole sense of belonging, your whole sense of purpose. It comes and attacks you. It's there for one purpose, and that's to bring you down, to destroy you, to keep you from moving up. Even if you feel like you have more to give, even if you feel like you have more to accomplish, even if you feel like you have more to release, the orphan spirit will hold you down. I've met so many believers that I knew were not walking in all that God had for them. And I would ask them, do you feel like you're accomplishing everything God has for you to do? And they would always look at me and say, no. And then they give you this blank look, like, how do I go forward? How do I accomplish that which is I know that I was created for? See, every one of us was created for a purpose. Just like Jeremiah, we're all created for a purpose. We all have a reason for living. We all have a reason for being here. We're not just going through life by an accident, but we're here with a purpose. We're here with a calling. Somebody once said that the three great days of your life is the day you're born, the day you're born again, and the day you learn why you were born. You see, we need to know 
why we were created. We need to know why we're here. An orphan spirit will make you feel like you don't belong. Even if you're around other people, even if you're uh, part of a, a, a company or you're part of uh, a family, it can make you feel like you're an outsider. It will try to keep you disconnected. It will try to make you isolate rather than connect. It will tell you that you're not good enough. And it will rob you of the Father's blessing. You see, your earthly father can release a blessing to you. And he should release blessings to you. I do it all the time with my children. I tell them how much how wonderful they are, how successful they are, how successful they're going to be. I talk to them about the goodness of God, the blessings of God. So many things you can release to your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren. But there's a blessing that comes that's even greater, and that's the blessing of your heavenly Father. And what is, what is the reason you were created? What is the reason you were made? What is the reason? Why are you here? What are you to accomplish? What has the Father desired for you to, to do? What has He desired for you since before the foundations of the earth, He knew that you would be and He knew you would do? And even, the Bible even says that He has work set forth to do. So the apostolic often reveals the Father's blessing, or what I call God's original purpose. Maria operates as a, as a prophet. I operate as an apostle. And oftentimes when we're ministering to a group of people, I'll go up to them and I'll describe to that person exactly why God made them. I'll give them their birth certificate. I'll, in the spirit, I will give them an identification that they, that most of them have never had before. I'll talk to them about why they were, why they were created by God and why they're here. I'll release a blessing into their life. This is a position that apostles can accomplish because they are called to seek after the Father's heart. And so a true apostle can come and can release to you a heavenly blessing that identifies your position, your place, your purpose, and the Father's heart for you. Without that blessing, you may not know why you're really here. I've had a lot of people look at me and say, I've never heard anything like that before. It just puts a paradigm shift into their spirit. It just causes a radical shift to take place. And they'll look at me and say, I've never heard anything like that before. And their spirit is trying to catch up to what they just heard. Because it will take them time to process. But they will literally have a, 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 a life-changing experience. We've had that with our son, Timothy where prophets came in and spoke words about his destiny. And all the struggles that he went through in life, he, held, he, he, stood, he stood tall and strong because those words resonated inside of him. We need to know what the Father is saying about it. We need to know the Father's heart because that's what will put in us a backbone unlike anything else. That's what will, will solidify our, our understanding. That's what will cause us to stand when the battles come and they're so difficult because we know what the Father thinks of us. We know the Father's blessing. We know who we are as the sons and daughters of God. So the orphan spirit will bind you from your potential and your purpose.
It wants to keep you from being able to be effective and to be able to operate effectively in the kingdom of God and effectively in every area of your life. If you are suffering with an orphan spirit, then you are constantly being tormented and being told negative things about yourself that you're processing into your life and you're agreeing with. You know, I'm going to be real bold this morning. I'm going to, be, I'm going to pretend like I'm Dr. Hansen. And I'm going to tell you why the church is so dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional because orphans are in the pulpit. Our, our pastors and our leaders are orphans. And they don't know who they are. They don't have a clear sense of their calling, their blessing, their purpose. How do I know that? Because I work with pastors all over the world. It's my specialty. And so I see these men that are struggling. And what do I do? I come alongside and I speak the Father's blessing into their life. I come alongside and I say, you know what? You can do everything God wants you to do. I tell them, I tell them things that are crazy things. I tell them things that are way outside what you would think they could do. For example, Dr. Amir, I mean, I may have mentioned this the other day, but you know, he averages twenty-five to thirty dollars a week, and he's building a church four stories high in Pakistan on twenty-five to thirty dollars a week. Now he's gotten some partners that have come alongside, but he had to step out in faith to find that provision. He had to hear the Father's blessing to be able to move in confidence that God would provide, that God would would bring people alongside him that would help him. So the orphan spirit seeks to create your identity around your weaknesses. It will magnify your weaknesses. It will not magnify the Word of God. It will not magnify your strengths. It will not magnify God's promises. It will not magnify the blessing, but it will magnify your weaknesses. The spirit of sonship. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8 and look at verse 15. It says, the spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. That's the orphan spirit, putting you into slavery, causing, using fear to bring you into slavery. It says, so it says, the spirit you received does not make you slave, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So the spirit of, of Abba, or spirit of adoption, reconnects us back to God's original purpose. A good theologian friend of mine said that when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it broke off God's original purpose. See, God's original purpose was not for them to sin. God's original purpose was for them to become sons and daughters. Does that make sense? See, for them to be obedient, to, for them to be Christ-like. It wasn't God's uh, first choice for man to fall into sin. Now, the devil will make you think that that was God's purpose. and make you think, well, you know, all the suffering is because God wanted the suffering. But in reality, we could have gone from the garden to sonship. Now, through Jesus Christ, we have been reconnected back to God's original purpose. Through the sacrifice of Christ, we become what? The sons and daughters of God. We are adopted back in. And there's a new spirit within us. 
the spirit of Abba, Father. So this brings to us our true identity. It shifts us from being slaves to fear to being sons of God. The greatest gift we can, we can find, I believe, in this time is our sonship. I think the greatest gift that we can find is to know that we are the sons and daughters of God because it puts something into your life that you don't have to find anywhere else. You know who you are. You're a man that can stand up or a woman that can stand up tall and straight and say, I am a son of the living God. I'm a daughter of the living God. You're a person now who has confidence and boldness to move because you have a new spirit in you, which is the spirit of adoption, which cries out, Abba. Father. Amen. Amen. And so it's critical for us to draw into that presence of the Father and say, Lord, reveal your fatherhood into my life. Reveal yourself into my life as my Father. God, I need to hear your, your, your voice. I need, to, I need to hear your sounds. I need to see the glory. I need to move with you. I need to be part of you. I need to be transformed. The Lord spoke to me one day and he said, all your Christian life, you've been trying to do my will. He said, now I want you to become my will. You see, as trying to do the will, I was operating as a slave. I was trying to serve. But when I became a son, I shifted. I positionally shifted. And I shifted into a new understanding of who I am. I shifted into a new understanding of his, of my relationship with my father. I shifted into a new understanding of my authority. You see, if we're going to be the men and women that are going to speak into our culture, that are going to speak into this broken society, then we have to have the power and the authority of God. Amen? Because it takes the power to break the yoke. It takes the power to heal the blind eyes. It takes the power of God to resurrect the dead. And if we're going to move with God in this hour, we have to be, we have to know that we are the sons of God and the daughters of God. It's not enough to say, yes, I know I'm, I'm born again. Yes, I know I'm walking with God. Yes, I know. No, you need to have an encounter where you, your sonship and your daughtership become so alive inside of you that you are literally a new person. You see, we have to quit serving the orphan spirit and start serving the Abba spirit. Amen. Slaves carry the curse. Sons carry the blessing. Slaves identify with the temporal. Sons identify with the eternal. Their core values are not in the temporal, but their core values are in the eternal. And when they speak, they speak from another position because they are not dwelling here just in this dimension, but they are dwelling in the heavenly dimension because they are walking and talking and living with God. And when they speak, they speak with the divine authority because they're mantled to speak into this world. Praise God. Your life is an eternal symphony, a celebration of the goodness, the glory, and the nature of God. I'd like to take a moment and close with a word of prayer. And I'd just like to have everyone in the room, if you would, just extend your hands up to the Father and just say, Father, I want to walk more and more in the spirit of sonship. Father, fill me with Abba. Fill me with the Abba cry. Father, I need you. I want to be a son, a daughter, who 
does your will, who becomes your will. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I just release a blessing over your people. Thank you, Jesus. I release a blessing of sonship. I release a blessing of Abba. I just say to them that they that the identification of who they are is being released even now. A new understanding, a new revelation, a deeper revelation of truth. That they are and they are set in the concrete of your love. And nothing can move them in Jesus' name. Dr. Hansen. Praise the Lord. I hope you've enjoyed that message. Very important. Many people are walking as orphans. You don't have to do it anymore. You don't have to do it anymore. You can know who you are and walk as a child of the King. As a son, a, a daughter of Jesus Christ. Again, my website is www.worldministries.org www.worldministries.org You can watch this message over and over again. All of my messages, seven days a week on radio and television. May God richly bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.